Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 16. Peter, get Kyle down off of there before he falls and busts his head open. It was family outing day, and Jason and I had taken all the kids to the park for a picnic. Zoe, don't yell at him like that. Let boys be boys. I've always hated that saying. I didn't hate it when I was younger. I hated it as I got older because people used it as a way to explain why men were doing fucked up shit. Like, let boys be boys was what was said when judges explained why that fucking rapist, the the swimmer, I forget what his name is, I just call him the rapist, sexually assaulted that woman behind the trash can. The judge used let boys be boys as the reason why he wasn't giving him real jail time and only gave him like three months. I'm cool on let boys be boys. I'm cool. I sat back down in the blanket next to Jason after being comfortably sure Kyle wouldn't fall off the jungle gym. Jason, you taught that mess now, but you'll be the first one having a panic attack if one of them gets hurt. He smiled at me. Well, you have a point there. Jason looked so gorgeous with the sunlight shining across his face and the breeze blowing through his curly hair. So, how's work been going, boo? Mm, that ain't just your name for him, huh? Huh, huh, we found that out. Stop using it. Call him Jason. Call him J-Rock. Hmm, it's okay. I'm trying to finish up the blueprints on the new Civic Center. I'm so proud of you. You're really coming into your own. I'm proud of you too, baby. I started picking at the grass, pulling blades of it up and tossing it aside. I was trying to figure out a way to talk to him about sex. I was so scared. Kind of like the people on talk shows who bring their lovers halfway across the country to tell them something because they didn't have the nerve to tell them in the privacy of their own homes. Jason, I think I have a problem. What problem is that, boo? He was sitting there munching on some seedless grapes, intently watching me for a reply. And there was no way in hell I could come out and tell him I had been fucking another man. So I settled for a different approach. I don't think my fascination with sex is normal. Some pretty strange things have been happening lately. That's not the best way to go about it either. Because he already thinks that the kind of sex you want to have, which is normal sex, he already thinks it's abnormal. So for you to say that the things you've been going through or the things you've been uh, fascinated with is not normal is only going to reinforce his already shielded and guarded and utterly wrong thoughts on sex. I knew immediately he would get nervous. 
The mere mention of sex always made him nervous. He started looking away from me, pretending to be spellbound by a flock of birds. Straight things like what, Zoe? My big chance had finally arrived. It was time to come clean and confess everything. Jason, I've been master. Mommy! Jason was off the ground before I was, rushing to see what was the matter. Kyle had indeed fallen off the jungle gym and scraped a knee. After I cleaned the wound with the towelette and put a bandage on her from the first aid kit Jason kept in the Land Rover, Jason gave him a piggyback ride around the playground area to cheer him up. So much for coming clean. I had the other two kids help me gather up all the picnic items and put them in the truck. On the drive home, Jason came up with what he thought was the solution to all my problems. Zoe, about what you were saying before, I think you're just stressed out from working too hard. But I never got a chance to tell you what I meant. I know, but we can't discuss it in front of the kids. We'll talk about it later. My heart felt like stopping. Like I was saying, I think you've just been working too hard. Why don't you call up Brina and plan a girl's night out or something? I'll watch the kids. Little did he know, in the past few months, I had barely gotten any work done at all, since I was spending more time at Quentin's loft than at the office. Okay, Jason, maybe I'll do that. I decided hanging out with Brina wasn't such a bad idea. It had been ages since we spent some time alone, just the two of us, and I was hoping she'd be more receptive to my problems than Jason. I needed someone to talk to, and my husband was obviously not the one. After we got home, I called Brina and left a message on her voicemail, telling her I wanted to get together that night. She called me back while I was soaking in the tub, and Jason brought me to cordless. Don't y'all, didn't you mention a cell phone earlier in this book? Where does, uh, right, minutes. <laughs> Oh my god, I keep forgetting that y'all are tethered by five hours worth of minutes per month. Oh my god. Being having a cell phone back then was honestly like being a state worker in California. Being a state worker in California means you get paid once a month on the first. You gotta make that shit stretch up a moaning yawning all the way until the end of the month when you get paid again. It's only one paycheck. With the cell phones back in the 90s, you only got like 400 minutes. I'm sure there was more than 400 minutes, but we teenagers, we had the 400. And you had to make that shit stretch. Also, when they finally came out with text messages for all y'all who were like, well, why don't you just use text messages? What's wrong with you? Emoji, emoji, emoji. When they came out with text messages, you had to pay for every text you sent. It costs money for every single text. If you look at your phone bill now, which you can't because, you know, why the fuck would you do that? You just pay it automatically through your checking account or whatever. But if you look at your phone bill now, you have it set up for unlimited talk and unlimited text. Which implies that somewhere back in the past, there was a limit. I lived through that limit. It was rough. He acted like he was embarrassed to look at me naked and handed me the phone with his eyes averted. Brina and I decided to meet at the club downtown at about 11. I threw on a white spandex dress with white heels and pushed my hair up in a bun. Jason kissed me goodbye and told me to have a nice time. Then I was on my way. When I got to the club, the zoo, it was pandemonium in its finest form. I've never seen so many people sweating to get in the club before in my life. I waited on the sidewalk, opposite the red velvet rope where people were lining up, awaiting a chance to get in, and looked at every car that drove by wishing Brina would hurry the hell up. I was going to suggest we go someplace else when she got there because I didn't think we had a prayer getting in the place anytime soon. She finally came strutting up the sidewalk about 11.30, having parked around the block where I didn't see her pull up. 
Girlfriend wasn't playing either. I thought my dress was bordering all hoochie. But Brina's was straight up slutty. Hell, I'm not even sure you could call it a dress. Less than 30% of her body was covered, so it was more like a rag. Girlfriend had her torso, her arms, her legs, and half her ass exposed. She was sporting that black hoochie mama shit too. Look, I know, I keep dealing with this, but it really does feel like she's slut-shaming her own girls. Like while Jason is over here calling them hoes and bitches, you're over here saying that they're dressing like sluts. So what are we doing? And I realize the women have this strange thing where they call each other bitch and, and slut and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it's kind of like black folks adopting the word nigga and then daring y'all white people to say that shit. So I don't get involved in it. But this seems over the top and a bit abrupt. Like, I don't know. It's not my place. It just... I'm reading it, and it's striking me. That's all. Damn, about time, Brina. I was getting ready to go home and take my ass to bed. Sorry, sis. We hugged and kissed each other on the cheek. I was trying to make sure I had everything in the right place before I left out. Not much to put in the right place. Your ass is half naked. She gave me a slight punch in the arm, and we both laughed. It's so we shut up, sis. Brina, look at this line. We have a better chance of getting in a Michael Jackson concert. Let's go someplace else. Hell no. We going up in this bitch right here. Follow me, sis. I followed her and thought she had lost her damn mind when she bypassed the entire line of people waiting and walked straight up to the bouncers instead. Hey, Snake. Sup, boo? Damn shame she knew the man. I knew why he was nicknamed Snake right off the bat. His muscular arms were covered with snake tattoos, and to be honest, his face resembled a boa constrictor, but that's neither here nor there. Sup, Brina. You looking mighty fly tonight. She gave him a peck on the lips, and I wanted to hurl. She pointed to me. This is my best friend, Zoe. It's her first time here. He shook my hand and held it while he gave me the once over. Nice to meet you, Zoe. With that, he unhooked the rope and let us enter the club in front of all the others. You ladies have a nice time. I joined Brina in saying, Thanks, Snake. Once we found two stools at the bar, I got all in Brina's business. I take it you come here a lot. She lit her cigarette. I desperately wanted to take a pull, but refused to even go there. Girl, have I got some shit to tell you. Well, I could use some good news, so tell me. The bartender came over and took our drink orders. I started coming here about two months ago. A sister from work turned me on to this bitch. Anyway, about the third time I fell up in here, I met this fine-ass nigga named Dempsey. We've been talking ever since. You go, girl. I didn't know you had a new man. Tell me everything. I want all the details and, of course, all the dirt. So, we have to keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, it's just poorly worded, you know, that this is back in the past. This is not current. This is back in the past when she was just now realizing that Quentin was a fucking creep. So, okay, Dempsey, she met Dempsey at the club. Okay, now we're all caught up. The bartender returned with Brina's rum and coke and my banana daiquiri. For the next 15 minutes, we sat there chatting and giggling while she told me all about her new love interest. Little did I know then that the Mr. Wonderful she was describing would end up beating her ass as a recreational sport in the near future. I was a bit tipsy. Okay, I was towed to fuck up. I started looking around the club and decided it was a badass club. They had these cages with scantily clad dancers in them, both male and female. And they had live animals such as birds, raccoons, koala bears, and even a silverback gorilla all locked up in cages. That probably fucking stank. 
amidst all the sweat and and just tension to the day flowing away. Shout out to you, Andre three thousand. I see you. Uh, while a fine fine bow legged girl. Um, but while that's floating around, you also have shit and piss from silverback gorillas and koala bears. And what the fuck does a raccoon have to do with the others? The raccoon is just like, nah, nigga, I ain't even supposed to be here. Like, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things do not belong. Fuck it. This is my show. I can find the fucking music for it. But I'm not. I'm not going to take time away from it. That's from Sesame Street. Google it. I'm too busy. Anyhow. Koala bear. Bird. Silverback gorilla. Raccoon. I didn't do this, niggas! One of these animals does not belong with the others. Go ahead and choose which one. You chose koala bear. Because honestly, koala bear doesn't belong with the silverback gorilla either. But at least they're both like more foreign than a raccoon. I got a fucking raccoon living in my bush right now. The nigga hopped out. Like three raccoons hopped out the bush and one fucking cat. And I was more scared of the cat than I was the raccoons. I was scared of all four of them because they hopped out like at 5 a.m. when I was putting uh, some trash into the trash can. They just hopped out. What's up, nigga? And then, I kid you not, them four motherfuckers sauntered past me Around the corner, I don't know why people all put their trash cans on the side of the house, but I do. Judge me. But they sauntered around the corner of the house, down the walkway, down the, the, the driveway, and across the street, where they all walked into a drain ditch. They all walked into the hole in the sewer where uh, Pennywise would pop out. They all walked into that and fucking disappeared. And I didn't see him again for like four years until like two weeks ago when I saw that fucking cat coming out the sewers. And I was like, he's training them motherfuckers. He's training them. They're either going to be great fucking cat burglars or they're going to be teenage mutant ninja raccoons. Either way it goes, he's Shredder and this is no longer a safe place for me to live. But the raccoon should not be locked up. Let that nigga go. Raccoons are niggas too. You don't see them? They black, they run up in your spot. They chill. Don't care about shit. That's all racist. I'm very ashamed of myself. I should stop. There's white people listening. Y'all are probably soaking this shit up right now. Cut that shit out. Delete this footage. They were playing mostly reggae. Why the, what the, what? Okay, you know what? Clubs make their own choices. We're going to play reggae, you know, in this club, and which is fine if they have a reggae night. That's fine. Reggae will get the crowd going, honestly, but that means it really is funky up in that motherfucker because there's at least three hotep niggas that ain't wearing deodorant. Just onks. A fucking silverback gorilla in a crowd of people. What the fuck? What are y'all doing? How is this legal? They were playing mostly reggae, and the dance floor was packed to the brim. You can't pack something to the brim if it's flat. To the edges? Yes. To the window? And to the wall? Definitely. To the brim? No. The club had wall-to-wall fine-ass men in it. 
My ass had no business looking, but there was one who stood out from the rest like a black man at a Ku Klux Klan meeting. He was too damn fine, but was surrounded by a shitload of women trying to get in his pants. Um, I don't know. I, I sometimes wonder if Amazon is the one who's making these fucking mistakes as they transport or they uh, transpose this shit over to Kindle. But he was too damn fine, but was surrounded by a shitload of women trying to get in his pants. So I ordered another drink and just admire his fineness from afar. She gonna fuck him next. He was tall, real tall, just like my husband. Give an inch or two. Dark like licorice and look just as tasty. Tasty? Tasty? Black licorice? I'm not going to go into it, but black licorice is not the business. And if you like good and plenties, you can go fuck yourself too. That shit is fucking weird. Like good and plenties are fucking gross. I don't even think they sell them on shelves anymore. I think y'all niggas just pull them out your fucking closet for, for fucking Halloween to punish children. Stop giving out black licorice. You know what is strangely acceptable? It's black jelly beans. For two reasons. One, because the black jelly beans that taste like black licorice, you can throw them at people. And two, because Jelly Belly and everybody else figured out that making the black licorice and the black jelly bean the only nasty jelly bean in the whole fucking bunch is probably hateful. So they made it black cherry, which is dope. That's what y'all should do. Follow up, bitches. <laughs> black licorice. What really attracted me to him was his pearly white smile, his dimples, and his round, muscular ass. I imagined his ass muscles contracting while he pumped his dick in and out of me. My mind was truly in the gutter. Brina? Yes, sis? I decided to come on out with it. I met this guy, a really famous African-American artist named Quentin Matthews. Cool. What kind of art? Sculpting? Painting? What? Painting. He's most famous for his murals, though. You know that mural we walked to from our office that time? Yeah, the one at the Marta station? He did that one. This guy came up, interrupted me, and asked me to dance. He was a true country fried bammer, so I said, Bama, sorry, not bammer. I was in D.C. long enough for them to tell me it's Bama. And then when I asked him, what the fuck is a Bama? They was like, it's a Bama, Joe. The fuck? The fuck? Them niggas were still wearing tie-dye t-shirts in 1998, my nigga. Like, are we going to a fish concert? Why the fuck are y'all rocking tie-dye t-shirts? Who the fuck is Joe? What the fuck is a Bama? Can't y'all use regular language? Why y'all make up your own shit? Why is Gogo only famous within 32 square blocks? What the fuck are we doing here, Bob? Bama. But I know how to say it, Joe. For real, youngin. Should be cranking and booming. Joe. Youngin, fuck. So I said no thanks. Besides, I really want to come clean with Brina. That's great. How old is he? What does he look like? Hook us up, Zoe. She was so far off base, it was pathetic. Well, actually, it's not that pathetic. And you could have saved your friend. Like, if you had hooked her up with Quentin, I don't know, the nigga seems abusive too. But if you had hooked her up with Quentin, that would have got you out of two separate problems. One, you're no longer with this nigga. And two, he could fuck your friend, who he'd be happy with. Because they'd be able to commit to one another. But nope, you want to be selfish. Keep the dick to yourself.
Brandy, you just got finished telling me all about your new man like two seconds ago. Dempsey, remember him? We both giggled. Hell yeah, I remember him, but you know us bachelorettes need to have at least one man riding the bench at all times for backup purposes. You're silly. I'm just telling it like it is. All of us can't be lucky enough to find true love like the kind you and Jason have. Damn, why'd she have to say that? I lost my nerve. I was about to tell her I was having an affair, but how could I after she said that? You, you just open up your mouth and you say it. You like you think it's perfect, but really I'm having an affair. And this is why. The sex life, this is why. Boom, boom, boom. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck it. Y'all want to just keep on um, throwing up roadblocks for why this shit couldn't be solved in like seven pages. I should write books that are books of books where the book gets solved in like seven pages. You know what it'll take? The special ingredient is fucking communication. Everyone on the outside looking in has always thought my life was perfect. Little did they know my life was barely satisfying at the best of times and pure agony at the worst. What the fuck? It's sex, nigga. Like, you masturbate, and I realize that's not enough for everybody. That's cool. But it's not like you're not having orgasms. Even if it's not with your husband, you're having orgasms while you figure out a way to communicate with him what he needs to do in order to satisfy you, right? How is it agony? How is it agony? Y'all are really putting two on the ten with this shit. Like, I don't see none of it. I understand having a sexless life. I understand that. I understand not being compatible with your mate. I understand that. But what you're not going to do is say it's agony because you're not having sex, even though you're masturbating and you're having orgasms. Because as you said earlier, you got that shit down to a science. I was about to come on out with it anyway when this pimp daddy wannabe came up to us. Hey, lovely lady, sup now? I didn't answer, but Brina did. Sup with you? Chilling love? Just chilling? I pegged him to be one of those brothers who was chilling 24 hours a day. That means she thinks he doesn't have a job. Want to dance? Brina looked at me as if she needed my permission. Zoe, do you mind? I couldn't believe she was too that low for a dance, but I responded, nah, go for it. Alright, girl, hold my purse for me. I took her purse and she made her way to the dance floor. After having a hell of a time even getting up off the bar stool with that damn hoochie dress on. I was sitting there all by myself when the one I had my eye on came over and took Brina's place on the stool beside me. Isn't that just fortuitous? Hello, beautiful. His voice was deep, his eyes were mesmerizing, and he looked ten times finer or close than he did from the other side of the room. Hello. Just so you know, I'm not going to change my voice for him. I'm not changing my voice for any of them. With Quentin, I just, I just stopped talking loud. When I stop talking loud, my voice gets like this. It's just the way it is. Um, when I project, it it does tend to get a little bit uh, different. If I um, really concentrate, I can keep my voice this deep all the way through. But if I bring it up like this, it kind of goes away. You know what I mean? But it's still deep. But I'm not going to give them all deep voices because they all have a deep voice and that shit. No. So, yeah. How are you? Fine. And you? Just great, beautiful. The beautiful thing was turning my ass on big time. Care for a refill on your drink? See, 
this book is why niggas send y'all good morning big head texts. Big head turned me on big time. Hey, big head. What you doing, big head? Never understood it. Not a cup of tea of mine. Even if we're having an affair, I'm not going to call you big head and try and set up a sneaky link. I'm going to be like, yo, what's up, pretty? That's what I call my wife. So I, so I obviously couldn't use it on a side piece. But you know what's funny about it? My wife is my side piece. Because when we really want to experiment, I just say, you know, my wife is over there, but I'm hollering at you right now. And she's like, <laughs> my husband's over there, but I'm going to talk to you. And then we, you know, it's fun. It's harmless. And nobody gets hurt because my wife, my side piece and my best friend are all the same fucking person. So, you know, it's like, hey, and then and then and then after I fuck my side piece. While my wife is somewhere else, I tell my best friend about it. And she gives me a high five. Because she knows the work I put in. <sighs> sure, thanks. He waved the bartender over to order another round. I checked him out from head to toe. Everything from his black, silky hair to his freshly polished wingtip shoes. We got the drinks and our conversation took off from there. He surprised me by having a civilized conversation as compared to the I want to take you home and fuck the shit out of you one. You mean the one Quentin had with you? That was all Quentin wanted. Literally. He said it from the gate. I'm Mr. Steal Yo. I'm Mr. Take You From Yo Man. I don't know what Trey Songz used to say. I'm Mr. Uh, steal Yo Girl. Yeah, that was it. I'm Mr. Steal Yo Girl. I didn't have a lot of experience with hanging out at clubs. I married so young and started having babies, and there were dozens of things my friends got to experience that I missed out on. And I'm sorry for that, Zoe. I really am. Like, I know what it's like to get involved too early and just lose a part of yourself, lose a part of what could have grew you as a person. Because I had my first child when I was 21. I know what it's like. Like, that whole ideal of starting a family young and all that kind of stuff, yeah, that's cool, but you lose a part of what could have grown you into an even stronger person. But at the same time, you pursued that nigga, like, relentlessly. You made this decision. And you were the one who told him to have sex without a condom and really did not get consent before you... uh conned your way into his pants and then you got pregnant so I'm not victim blaming because Jason's really the victim in this whole story like you're still the villain Jason's the victim we danced for a long time together in fact the club lights came up letting us know it was almost closing time I searched for Brina and finally located her at a corner table sitting on the pimpster's lap I peeped at my watch, and it was almost 3 in the morning. I just knew Jason was going to have a freaking fit. When he told me to go out, he didn't expect me to be out so late. I was positive the all-your-friends-are-slut speech was on my agenda before I could fall asleep. You call them sluts. You know what? Women doing it and men doing it are two completely different things. You're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. I don't fucking know. Because, I mean, in my mind... In my mind, and, and again, this is probably, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. Because it's the same way white folks try and justify, why can't I say nigger? You shouldn't be able to say it. So I'm not even going to do it. Like, fuck you. Fuck you, mind. Keep moving forward. Shit, it's not for you. 
Jason, though, for sure should not be calling her friend sluts. Like, real talk. I know that one. Well, it was nice meeting you. Um, We had talked all that time, but neglected to exchange names. Tyson. The name's Tyson. I shook his hand. Nice to meet you, Tyson. I'm Zoe. Zoe. That's a beautiful name for a beautiful woman. I blushed as the DJ cut the music and people started to flood out the club doors on their way back home to bed, with or without a partner, or headed to an all-night diner for some food to cure their munchies. Waffle House! I started walking over to Brenda to tell her it was time to go. I've only been to a Waffle House like twice, and it was fucking banging. Nigga, like for real, their food makes no goddamn sense. You go in there and you hear two things. The buzzing of the the, the, the lights, like the, the... And the buzzing of the flies. And then you see like three people in the back look like they just walked from the back, 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 smoking a blunt. And they all gear up at the fucking stove like they're the band. And then one of them slides out from the back and they're like, hey, let me get your order real quick, son. And then you give them your order, which is always waffles. And then hash browns, uh, covered, smothered, and chunked, I believe. That's with gravy, cheese, and ham. And then you get the scrambled eggs with cheese, because why the fuck not? Um, And if you're like me and you're a real player, you get grits, too. Uh, and then you get all that and you get a lemonade shit. It's a wrap. If you want to really be about it, you get sweet tea and then it's really a wrap. Waffle house, California review. I started walking over towards Brenda to tell her it was time to go. I had both our purses flung over my arm, having never tracked Brenda down the crowded dance floor to give hers back. Tyson followed me, but I was hoping he wouldn't. I didn't want to be put in the position of having the dreaded let's exchange numbers conversation. Zoe, slow down, beautiful. Sorry, it's just that I really need to get home. It's late and my husband will be worried. Husband? Damn. Yes, see my ring? I held my hand up so he could get a good look. I thought you knew. How the fuck would he know, Zoe? Why would he know that? You ain't said jack shit the whole time about a husband. Why would he know that? Y'all just been dancing. See, here's what it is. Y'all are dancing. Y'all up on each other. Next is probably playing. I wonder if she can tell him hard right now. He's probably thinking that shit too. He's like, it's time for me to close the deal because, you know, I wondered if it was too soon to ask her to spend the night with me, which is what uh, Music Soul Child's little ass said to the woman in Miss Philadelphia. And she's like, I'm married. Didn't you know? No, nigga, I didn't know. We've been talking all night and you ain't mentioned a husband yet. Because why would you disturb this group by saying you're married? You're just dancing. There's nothing more to it. But now you're using the ring as a way to get out of having to give him a telephone number, which is really like confusing to him because he's like, I thought we had something. Like that stalker woman on the um, Let the Music Play song. We started dancing and love got us into a groove. Like, that's how he felt. He thought love was getting y'all into a groove. And then the music stopped and you were like, I'm married. And he was like, er, er, er. no, I don't know anything unless you tell me. I really wish you had said something, though, because he could have spent this whole night talking to somebody single and trying to make a relationship with somebody single, make a connection with somebody single. Now he's stuck with your ass. He done wasted a whole night, fam. That's like instead of going to the stock market, he went to the fucking flea market and looked at somebody else's car. 
Oh, that's a nice car. That's cool. That's a nice car. That's a nice car. You selling it? No, that's my car, nigga. Then why the fuck is it out here? And you could be out at the club married. That's cool. You could be out at the club dancing. That's cool. You could be out at the club having a great time with your friends or by yourself. That's cool. But let them know. If they want to make that decision, like, fuck it. Quentin made that decision. He knew from the jump you were married and did not give a single fuck. Let them know. Hey, I'm married. I don't know how that conversation will come up, but if y'all been talking the whole time, like, don't just use it as an out clause. You literally wasted his time. It's unfair to him. Why is that? I got defensive. So you wouldn't have wasted all night talking to me when you could have picked up another woman and taken her home with you instead? Yes, nigga. Yes. Yes. I bought you drinks. I spent time with you. We had a great conversation. And now this conversation has an end because you're married. And I don't do that. I'm not that kind of a person. Yes. Nah. Now see you tripping. Nothing like that, beautiful. I just got myself all worked up this evening. Hoping we can get to know each other better. Well, we can't. I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden I became irate. It was nice meeting you. I have to go. I rushed over to Brina. Brina, it's getting late, sis, and the club's closing. You want to walk out together or should I go on ahead? She was obviously all into the knucklehead. Zoe, you go on ahead, girl. I'll call you tomorrow. Okay, bye. I didn't have time for the bullshit. I got about 10 feet when I realized I still had her purse, so I went back and gave it to her. When I turned around again, Tyson was nowhere in sight. I was relieved. His ass had turned me on too much. I was afraid he might fuck around and turn my ass out. I got outside into the cool, crisp air and started heading towards my car when I heard some faint footsteps behind me. Zoe, hold up, beautiful. I thought to myself, "Oh shit. He increased his pace until he caught up to me, which wasn't hard, considering his legs were so much longer than mine. Yes, what is it? I just wanted to give you my number in case you want to talk sometime. He handed me a matchbook from the zoo with his phone number written down inside of it. Okay, whatever, but I wouldn't hold my breath if I were you. Why are you being so mean, beautiful? No reason. Sorry I was rude. It's just real late and I'm dog tired. I understand. I'll let you go. You take care and I hope to hear from you. The ball's in your court. That is basically what your man got to do with me. Sort of conversation. When he walked away, I was enthralled with his ass. I began to wonder why single men go after married women, but didn't ponder over it too long. Nigga, you pursued the first one. You did that. I mean, yeah, he pursued you, but you went home and then you came back. You made that conscious decision. I tossed a matchbook into a wire trash can on the sidewalk and continued on to my car. I got in the car and sat there for a few moments, sucking on a breath mint and trying to get my bearings together. I wasn't drunk, but I wasn't exactly sober either. I thought about how great the conversation between Tyson and I had gone before I decided to get bitchy. Then I thought about what Brina said about always having one riding the bench as a backup. You already have a backup. Your backup in this situation is Quentin. Okay? Now, what I'm going to do real fast for y'all is I'm going to cut in and play a interlude from an album that I remember. And I want you to listen to this guy's explanation of backups. And then I'm going to go back into this and y'all can see if you find him repugnant. Because I find her repugnant. 
guarantee to the motherfucking K. Because I don't give a fuck how long you've been with your nigga or how long you've been with your bitch. Everybody got motherfucking game. It all depends on what sport you play when you do your motherfucking pimping. I was like, because some niggas like to play football. And if you're the quarterback of your team, that means you running shit hands motherfucking down. And sometimes when you meet a bitch, you go for short yardage. That means you're taking your time to get the loot and the motherfucking pussy. Then you got some niggas who go for the bomb on the first motherfucking play. They going for the loot and the pussy all in the same motherfucking day. Then you got bitches who like to play baseball. They start striking niggas out when they get the bases loaded. That means they use and abuse your motherfucking ass. Me, myself, I like to play basketball because if a bitch cause me stress, I'll replace your motherfucking ass. That's why I got bitches in the game, bitches on the bench. When one bitch fouls out, I'll replace your motherfucking ass. And if I go out and I meet somebody better than you, I'm gonna draft the motherfucking ass. It ain't my fault she doing better than you. I'm quite sure y'all about the same age. That means you had about the same amount of time to get your life together the same way she has her life together. And if I buy you a car and you come to the club that night in the car that I bought you, you have to give up the car. Don't be mad. It's a company's car. Everybody gets to use it. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's the type of nigga I am. T to the motherfucking cat. Yeah, y'all. That's straight pimp shit. Straight pimp shit, y'all. Bitches in the game, bitches on the bench. That's what we're talking about, right? Like that, that she just said is the same thing that he just said. So which one would you see in the street and roll your eyes at? I'm just saying. I'd roll my eyes at both. I'm sure you would too, but not all y'all would. Some of y'all are like she's in the right because her husband is not providing what she needs. But there's still no communication to get what she needs fixed. I pulled out the parking garage, stopped by the trash can, and put my hazards on just long enough for me to jump out and dig the matchbook out with the number on it. I drove home listening to jazz and endured the infamous all your friends are slut speech from Jason before falling fast asleep. Chapter 17 For a while, things went on as usual. I kept creeping around with Quentin and hoping that Jason would open up to me in some form or fashion. Mostly, I was praying like all hell I didn't get cold busted. Quentin pleaded with me dozens of times to leave Jason, but to no avail. I made it perfectly clear to him that leaving my husband was simply not an option. I admit, I painted a pretty glum picture of my marriage to Quentin. But through all of our problems, I never stopped loving Jason for one second. Your problems are sexual. That's it. And have you really... No, she hasn't ever stopped to ask Jason, why don't you like sex? The little voice inside me kept telling me it would all backfire on me eventually. After all, nothing good lasts forever. And whatever you do always comes back to haunt you. I just couldn't pinpoint when, where, and how the other shoe would drop. It didn't take too long to find out. It was a Friday night, and typically, I never visited Quentin on Fridays and Saturdays. I reserved that time for Jason and the kids. We'll go out to dinner or to a movie and then cuddle up as a family and read books or play board games. This particular Friday, I altered my routine and went to see Quentin. I'd endured a rough day at the office, and I figured a round or two of hellified sex was just what the doctor ordered. My game plan was to swing by the loft to get my freak on with quickness and head on home for a night of videos and microwave popcorn with the gang. If I had taken my ass home from Jump Street, I would have saved myself a lot of humiliation and inevitably a hell of a lot of trouble. When I got to the loft, the door was wide open like he was expecting me. I walked on in, but Quentin was nowhere inside on the bottom level. I decided to try to tiptoe upstairs and try to surprise him. He wasn't there either. On my way back out, having no idea what to make of the situation, I heard some slow jams coming from Diamond's loft down the hall. 
I sauntered on down there, hoping she could shed some light on Quentin's whereabouts. I assumed he had made a run to a carryout or convenience store or something of that nature. He couldn't have gone too far with this place on a lot like that. When I got within a few feet of my door, instinct told me to turn around. Curiosity made me keep walking, though. It was obvious she was throwing down with someone. I could hear the loud moans. My face flushed with anger. Almost half convinced myself what I was thinking was wrong, but I had to find out if my suspicions were on the money. Her door was slightly ajar. I gently pushed it open wider. Diamond was knocking boots with somebody all right, and that somebody was Quentin. He was banging the hell out of her up against the wooden bar spanning the wall of the room. The wall was covered with a mirror. I just stood there for a few seconds, letting it all register in my mind. The tears built up in my eyes, matching hostility that was already inside of me. Droplets of sweat were trickling from their bodies. He hungrily took her left breast into his mouth while he caught a rhythm and started fucking her harder. I was turning to leave when he glanced in the mirror and saw me standing there flabbergasted in the doorway. Before his skank ass could even yell out my name, I was down the hall, pushing erratically on the call button from the elevator. I pushed it about 20 times, even though once would have sufficed. His skank ass? Only one of y'all are having an affair. The other one was told that there's no way that you're leaving out of the situation to be with him exclusively, so obviously y'all aren't, aren't in an exclusive relationship. I mean, obviously, anyhow, y'all aren't in an exclusive relationship, but now for real, for real. And you want to call him a skank. That's how cheaters be, though. Cheaters be out there sending text messages like, I saw your whack-ass boyfriend, and then get mad when your significant other's out there doing the thing. Cheating. Who's making love to your old lady while you was out making love? That's exactly what's going on right now, and you want to be mad. Don't be mad. Charge to the game. Bitches in the game, bitches on the bench. She was on the bench. Zoe. Quentin came rushing towards me, pulling his pants up on the way. The pathetic bastard. I started to not even acknowledge his ass, but the anger took over. Let me guess, I stated sarcastically. You were helping her change a light bulb when you slipped on a ballet slipper and fell in? Zoe, listen to me, please. He grabbed my arm, and I immediately yanked it away. Don't touch me, you, you, you. I couldn't even think of a word to fit the bill. I don't know why you're surprised. Diamond was asking to turn you out like three months ago. Give it up, turn it loose. Go have a threesome. See how it feels. You might like it. What just happened between Diamond and I was a mistake, he insisted. It's never happened before and it'll never happen again. He was not even fooling me. Whatever. I don't want to hear your pack of lies. I banged on the elevator button again. I just wish this damn elevator would hurry up. Do you know what this nigga did? He had the nerve to cop an attitude with me. Look, it's not like you ain't fucking married. You go home and lay up in the bed with him every night while I have to go to sleep alone. I held my hand up in his face so we could talk to it because I wasn't listening. That was a whole thing back in the 90s, listeners who aren't sure or are white. Jamie Foxx made a whole thing of it on his show. He would take his hand and just put it in somebody's face. Right in front of her face, like stop and talk to the hand because the ears ain't hearing and the lips ain't listening. Like the ears ain't listening and the lips ain't speaking to you. Yeah, whatever. It was the 90s. That was literally like, God damn. Oh. That was a long time ago. The 90s were 30 years ago. Sheesh. I asked you, hell, I begged your ass to be with me, Zoe. 
I knew he had a valid point, but I wasn't going to allow him to turn the situation to hand around on me. So I asked him, how long have you been fucking her? He just kept on his own rampage. I wanted you to leave him. Fuck, I'm supposed to be doing the voice, huh? That's why I don't do voices. <clears throat> I wanted you to leave him and move in with me, but you treated our relationship like some sort of joke. I screamed it at the top of my lungs the second time around. How long have you been fucking her? Quentin shook his head in dismay. I just told you, this was the first and last time. He tried to reach for me again, but I backed away from him. Diamond poked her head out the doorway. I yelled out, bitch! Quentin darted his eyes in her direction and waved her away. She went back inside her place and slammed the door. Zoe, let's just go on my place and talk this over, he pleaded with me. Talk it over? Shit, there's nothing to discuss. I pointed down the hall. Take your skank ass back in there with your skeezer. I'm going to take the stairs. The elevator's taking too damn long. He grabbed me one last time and hooked a finger on the back waistline of my skirt. I slapped his hand away and headed for the stairwell. Get your fucking hands off me, Quentin. You smell like pussy and I hate you. I fucking hate you. Aren't you setting up with a third nigga? I took the stairs two at a time on the way down, hearing the echoes of him screaming out my name until I got to the garage. I wasn't any good the rest of the weekend. On Sunday afternoon, I asked Jason to watch the kids so I can go visit Brina alone. He was down for that, since he had a bunch of buddies over to watch a college football game anyway. He was probably glad to get the missus out the house so the boys could be boys. There it is again. For a minute, I got offended. It was almost like he wanted me to be a ghost. I mean, you are a ghost in your own house. You're never home. You just said you're spending more time fucking Quentin than you are working. I started to stay home out of spite. But I really needed to get away for a few hours. So I made some deli wraps and cocktail sandwiches for his crew before I went on my dreary way. When I got to Brina's place, I heard a bunch of clamor coming from inside her apartment and immediately wanted to find out what the hell was going on. I knocked on the door and as soon as she answered, I asked, what the hell's going on? Yeah, that makes sense. You wanted to know what the hell was going on, so you knocked on the door and asked, what the hell's going on? You know, that's how you write it, too. I thought it, I wrote it, and then I said it. I'm cool. Hey, sis. Sup? I didn't know you were coming by. I decided to surprise you, but I'm the one in shock. I barged my way into her apartment, ready to kick somebody's ass if need be. Why all the yelling? I could hear you as soon as I came in the front door of the building. Oh, Dempsey and I were just having a slight disagreement. It's all cool now. He's my baby boo. Before I could ask where the so-called romantic Dempsey I'd heard so much about was, I noticed Brina had a black eye. I grabbed her by the cheek and held her head steady so I could get a better look. What in the hell is that? None of your fucking business, that's what. His trick ass came around the corner from the bathroom, talking trash and zipping up a pair of baggy jeans. If he was going to come at me like that, I was damn sure going to reciprocate. Hmm. Your pathetic beanpole anorexic ass must be Dempsey. Who the fuck are you? He darted his eyes at Brina. Who the fuck is she? I decided to answer his question since Brina seemed to have lost her tongue. I'm her best friend and the one sister who's going to ram her foot up your ass and cut off your dick if you ever lay another hand on Brina. He laughed like I was playing tiddlywinks with him. He must have missed the memo because I was not the one. Yeah, right, you trifling bitch. I'll kick your little ass too. Like, okay... When we first were hearing about Dempsey, she made it sound like she didn't know nothing about this shit, right? Like, 
she met up with Brina after she was seeing the doctor, right? After she started seeing a the therapist. So that was in real time that she took the kids and everything over there. And then they went out to lunch. So she knew Dempsey was whooping her ass up and down the block. And you just decided to really start getting mad about it and intervening at that point? Or were you just getting mad about it at that point? Because I know that there's, you know, you tell your friends to do something and they don't do it. And at some point you do get fed up with the same rigmarole. I understand that. But I don't know. She sounded surprised that she was bruised from head to toe. When she's here like a week after uh, Brina and Dempsey are hanging out and Dempsey's already punched her in the face. So I, I don't know. He was clearly drunk. He was staggering, not to mention reeking of alcohol. I reached into my coat pocket and pulled the switchblade I kept there for protection when I was walking from the office to Quentin's or wherever else downtown. Popped the blade open and pushed it up against his throat, forcing him back up against the wall. I don't know what came over me, but I was prepared to open a can of whoop-ass and take it to the bridge if need be. Look at here, Trick. Don't try and play with me, and if you ever touch Brina again, I'll slit your fucking throat. Now get your shit and get the hell out. Oh, well, obviously that didn't take. Damn, sister, chill. He threw his hands up in the air, not willing to find out if I was fronting or not, and slowly moved sideways away from the blade. I'm going. I'll leave right now. He put his cheap Bama tennis shoes on, got his coat, and left without saying another word. Brina sat in the fetal position in the corner, crying her eyes out. After he was gone, I put the double lock on the door and turned on her. Are you crazy? She used the sleeve of her nightgown to wipe the mucus from her nose and tears from her eyes. Zoe, I don't need this right now. I really don't. Well, you're going to get this right now. How in the hell are you going to let that man beat on you like a punching bag? Dempsey's been having a lot of problems at working with his family back in Alabama. She got up from the corner and went into the kitchen to get a cold glass of water from the faucet. I followed her. And I failed to see what any of that has to do with him beating up on you. Lots of people have problems. They don't beat their woman to relieve their stress. Look, Zoe, I love Dempsey. That mess you just pulled was wrong. Pulling a blade on him like that. She slammed the glass down on the counter, almost breaking it. I lowered my voice, trying not to let my true emotions show because part of me wanted to slap the shit out of her for being so damn ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. So who's, I mean, help can turn to hurt real quick. You want to slap the shit out of her because she wasn't listening to you. I'm not even excusing what he's doing. Like, that's repugnant. But what you're doing probably isn't going to help as much as you want it to. And we talked about that before. Brina, I love you, but I'm leaving. I refuse to stand here and listen to you defend that ignorant bastard. So this is how she's going to get with Tyson, because she's leaving here early. You're so wrong. You just don't understand. Whatever. You want your ass beat, so be it. Women always say people don't understand, but unless you have an awakening, he'll continue to beat up on you. I can't help you until you're ready to help your damn self. I gave her a hug and a kiss, grabbed her by the chin so I could take another look at the shiner he gave her, shook my head in disgust, and left. I didn't feel like going home so soon. Most of the malls were closed already, being it was Sunday, so I decided to just drive around for a while. My life had been really traumatic the past few days. First catching Quentin banging the hell out of that hoe, and now finding out Brina was letting some Bama pulverize her. I wasn't paying attention to the road and almost crashed the red light. 
crashed at a red light, ran a red light. What are we doing? I slammed on the brakes and the tire screeched to a halt mere inches from the pedestrian walkway. So I almost ran a red light. And also, it's Sunday. Why are there college football games on? My glove compartment popped open. Everything in it flew all over the front seat and floor of the car. I pulled over to the curb, turned on the interior light because the sun was setting, and started picking up the mess. Somewhere in between the tube of dried up lipstick that had probably been in there since Peter was a baby and the car's registration certificate, I ran across the matchbook with Tyson's number inside the cover. I contemplated things and decided since Quentin was fucking that hoochie, bringing my bench player into the game might not be such a bad idea. I knew my ass was wrong, but I pulled out my cell phone and dialed the number anyway. He answered on the third ring, sounding like he was half asleep. He perked up when I told him who was calling and rushed to give me directions to his place before I could even dig a pen out of my purse to write them down. I arrived at his apartment complex about 20 minutes later and realized straight off the bat I had no business driving, rather less parking, a Mercedes anywhere near it. However, he lived on the bottom level and I was able to find a space right in front of his door, so I took the risk. I hope somebody steals your shit. Tyson answered the door after I barely tapped on it. He was obviously looking out the peephole awaiting my arrival. His one-bedroom apartment was cozy and nicely decorated. I could tell he was a man who took care of himself and his belongings. He was wet, barefoot, and in a pair of jeans only. I was flattered he had gone through the trouble of taking a shower before I showed up. We both know I was making a booty call, and I'll take a pair of fresh, clean balls over sweaty ones any damn day. Tyson and I kicked it for about ten minutes, just shooting the breeze. He asked me if I wanted a drink. I told him no thanks, and then he decided to cut the bullshit. Take off your dress. Excuse me? I said, take off your dress. He was sitting on a dining room chair, and I was standing over by his entertainment center, looking at some family photos. I should have cussed his ass out and left, but I reached behind my back and unzipped my gray casual dress instead. I lowered it off my shoulders, stepped out of it, and ended up standing there in only my black slip, panties, and black leather low heel pumps. Come over here. He spread his legs open and patted his right thigh, motioning for me to sit on it. Damn, aren't you the assuming one? And demanding, too. Sheesh. I was talking junk, but walking over towards him at the same time. I'm not assuming anything. I'm just not into playing games. We both know why you're here, woman. So come here and get what you came for. I decided if he could be off the hook, I could be off the hook, too. My nymphomaniac evil twin woke up and took over. Don't mind if I do. I sat down on his leg and started rubbing his crotch. Mm, damn, is he hard for me already? He stays hard. Take him out and put him in your mouth. Mm, I think not. I remove my hand. You do me first. Oh, so it's like that, huh, Miss Zoe? Damn straight. No licking, no sticking. He grinned as I got up off his leg and climbed up on the table. He stood there just long enough to turn the seat around so he was facing me. Mm, okay, I'll play along with your little game. He raised up my slip and started trying to pull my panties down, but I wouldn't lift my hips so he could get them over my ass. I grabbed his face with my hands and slipped him the tongue. It was a brief, rough kiss, but I was in the mood for something rough for a change. When he came up for air, I instructed him, rip my panties off. As big and strong as Tyson was, he had to exert little effort tearing them bad boys off. He tossed them on the floor, stood up, and started kissing me again, pressing my back into the table's cold metal surface. He decided to take it to the bridge and rip the straps off my slip too, 
pulling a nylon material down over my rib cage so he could grab both my breasts at the same time and bite gently on my nipples. I grabbed the back of his head, bringing his mouth closer into my breasts. He pushed them together, taking both nipples into his mouth at the same time so he could suckle on them. He licked a trail with his tongue from my nipples down the middle of my stomach to my belly button, pausing to dip his tongue in there and then blowing on it to make his saliva dry up. Damn, that shit turned me on. He spread my legs open and went to work on my pussy. Tyson's technique was different from Quentin. He bit on my clit, and while it was painful, it made me come almost immediately. I was discovering yet another part of my sexual desires I never knew existed. I discovered I liked it rough. So are each one of her three going to be a different sexual style? And so they're going to make her into a well-rounded sexual person who can then probably teach these things to Jason by giving him a fucking book. Like, there's books about sex. You know how I know? Because I have one. I've had it since I was like a college student. It's sitting under my bookshelf for massages, too. I have one of those, too. You never knew. And you never get the second chance to make a good impression. That fact became even more obvious when he made me sit in a chair while he held my head and plummeted his dick in and out of my mouth. I thought his dick was going to knock all my front teeth out at one point. He was working his thing in and out of my mouth so fast, but I held my own and sucked him until he came. His cum had a different taste than Quentin's. It was more salty. Once I realized that every man's cum had a distinctive taste, I began to wonder what Jason's cum would taste like. The man I wanted to taste the most wouldn't let my mouth anywhere near his dick. I have to go. Tyson had just exploded in my mouth, and there were still a few droplets of cum trickling out the sides onto my chin when I blurted it out. He looked at me like I had lost my fucking mind. You've got to be kidding. I mean, seriously, because it's the same fucking thing she did in the movie theater. Suck them until they come, and I gotta go. I bet you Quentin is still not allowed in that movie theater. No, I really do have to go. I got up from the chair and headed towards the door. Looking back at it now, I don't know what my issues were, but I definitely had some. It was almost as if I had thought oral sex wasn't actual cheating or something. Like with what I did with Quentin at the beginning. I intended to leave it at oral sex and to go home. But Tyson wasn't even going out like that. I was standing on the back side of his couch, putting my dress back on, opting to ditch the torn panties and slip at his place, when he came up behind me and pushed me over the back of the couch, so my head ended upside down and my feet were dangling off the floor. Tyson, stop. Sure, I'll stop when I'm done. I tried to get up, but he was too strong and forced me to stay bent over while he stuck his dick in my pussy from behind. He fucked the living daylights out of me, and there was no point in saying that it wasn't what I really wanted. The streams of cum and pussy juice trickling down my inner thighs onto the floor told the true story. He fucked me so hard, I could feel his balls slamming up against the back of my thighs while he pumped his dick in and out of me. When it was all over and he had busted his second nut, he let me down. I finished getting dressed, and we were both breathing like we had just crossed the finish line of a 26-mile marathon. I had never been turned out in such a fashion. After I got my shoes on, I headed for the door. Hold on, Zoe. I know you're married and all, but do you have an office now where I can reach you? I want to see you again. I opened the front door of his apartment and glanced back at him sitting on the couch, still trying to catch his breath. No, I'm a housewife. I don't have an office number. Pager? Cell phone? No, none of that. My ass was lying big time, but keeping my anonymity was the one bright side to the whole fucked up situation. Tyson only knew me as Zoe, and that's all his ass needed to know. So, will I see you again? I'll be in touch. 
With that, I left his place, got in my car, and drove home. Jason still had a couple of friends over when I arrived home. The game was over, but they were sitting around drinking beers and talking about various player career statistics. He waved at me as I came in. Hey, baby, have a good time with Rena? Yes, we had a nice long talk. Yet another lie. I was getting too good at fabrication. Before Jason could get up to come over and give me a kiss, I told him I was going upstairs to take a hot shower because my back was sore. I didn't want him to smell sex on me, and besides, my back and everything else was sore from being fucked so hard. When he came to bed later that night, I was asleep, but he woke me up to have sex. I was ecstatic. He was the only man I ever truly wanted in the first place. Okay. As usual, he just forced me to do his due, and when I tried to go down on him, he refused me once again. I decided to tell him the truth about what happened with Brina. Well, kinda. I conveniently made it sound like I stayed there for hours after Dempsey left, comforting her when that wasn't even the case. However, the black eye was pure fact, and Jason... Really? God dang it. Why are y'all writing him to be like this? He... So she just told him that, that that her best friend had been beaten. And Jason told me to stay away from the stupid bitch if she was dumb enough to let herself be beat like that. I ended up having to listen to the all your friends are slut speech, but I fell asleep in the middle of it. Are you serious? Like you're making the conscious decision to write him like this. And you recognize it. You realize it's not a question. You're making the conscious decision to make him this way. And it's not cool. It's not like there are other ways to dignify or justify what she's doing. Like there is really no way to justify what she's doing, but making him out to be an absolute misogynistic asshole in a million different ways, like making him small minded when it comes to domestic violence, making him small minded when it comes to going out with friends or talking to your friends ain't the move. This is. It's disappointing. And it's repetitive. It is. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.